Let's go to book of, the book of Philippians, please. The book of Philippians chapter 2. <clears throat> and uh, last week I started talking about three examples of servants. The first one we looked at, um, of course, was the Apostle Paul. And we looked at the joyous servant and the, the aspect of joy within service. And today what I want to talk about is I want to talk about Timothy, a little bit about Paul, but mostly about Timothy. I want to talk about the caring servant, the caring servant. So Philippians chapter 2, verse number 19, it says, But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus shortly unto you, that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. For all seek their own not the things which are Jesus Christ. But ye know the proof of him that as a son with a father, he hath served me with me in the gospel. Him therefore I hope to send presently, so soon I shall see how it will go with me. But I trust in the Lord that I also myself shall come shortly. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Father, I just thank you, Lord, for this opportunity that we can preach today and we could bring forth the word of God to these precious people. Lord, I know there's, if we're relying on what I can do, not much is going to happen here today. So Lord, I ask you to help me. I pray for your filling in my life, and I pray you just guide my words and my thoughts. I pray you'd help me to think clearly, and Lord, to bring forth the scripture in a way that brings honor to you. I just pray, Lord, if there's someone here that does not know Christ as Savior, Lord, that today may be the day of their salvation. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to open up your word, and I pray you'd bless it. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Timothy, he's quite a character in the New Testament. He's, he's, a, he's a normal individual in many ways. Uh, he grew up like you and I would have grown up. He had a Jewish mother. He had a Greek father. Uh, his father, from what you see in the scripture, it shows that perhaps he was not a saved man. He was not really involved in Timothy's upbringing, but his mother did become a believer. And his grandmother was a believer. And they spent many hours with him and teaching him and bringing them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord and teaching him the scriptures. And so he did have some good influence, but he also had some neglect in his life. And many times that's where we come from. You know, some of us have grown up without a father. Maybe your dad wasn't there for you. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe he was there, but he's as good as not there, as with many cases. But, you know, that doesn't dictate whether God can use you. And it doesn't dictate whether you can be a caring servant of God. You can. And sometimes those things in your life that you look at as the biggest curse of your life can actually be one of the greatest motivators to you becoming what God wants you to be. Amen? And so never take that off the table. I know many people look at their lives and they think, well, because this happened to me, I can't really serve God. It may just be because that happened to you, you'll become one of the greatest servants of God. Never take that off the table with God. He can take whatever bad things that has happened, and he can turn it for the good, because he is God, and he can do it. Amen? So Timothy is one uh, guy like that, and in many ways he was normal. In some ways he was abnormal in relation to the way Christians are. In fact, in this passage you'll see Paul say, I have no other man that is like-minded. 
So he was very special in some ways and very normal in some others. What we see here is the Apostle Paul saying that he's got no other person that will naturally care for your state. Naturally care. And I thought about that word care. And the word care really means to be troubled or to take thought over somebody's situation. So when I care about somebody, I'm actually thinking about them. And in fact, in the scripture, that same word is translated in Luke 12, verse 25. It says, and which of you with taking thought can add to his stature one cubit? Same word for care. And so what we're looking at here is when we're caring about somebody, we're taking thought about them. In other words, the people that you're not thinking about, you don't really care about. But the people that you're thinking about and you're spending time thinking about, those are the people you care about. And what the Apostle Paul was saying is, Timothy is a kind of guy that naturally takes thought of people. He thinks about people. And that's not a normal thing because he says, I found no other man like-minded. The Apostle Paul not finding one other man like-minded that he could take thought for some of these people in Philippi. It really is an indictment upon Christianity of that day. And I don't know how much it has changed in our day. <laughs> Amen. So I want to give you a couple of points here. I, and uh, I know our time is short because of uh, the presentation, which was well worth it. But I want to give you just a couple of short points here this morning. Number one is this. Caring servants are comforting. They're comforting. Notice what it says in verse 19, but I trust in the Lord Jesus sent Timotheus shortly unto you that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. So Paul wanted to comfort himself in knowing about the people in Philippi. Now the thing is today what you would do is you just get out your phone and you just kind of FaceTime or you send a text or even a call. Now that's old school, <laughs> you know. But back in this day, there was no such things. If they wanted to get word to them, they would send a letter and they would go by horse or by carriage or by boat or something else. There were no motor vehicles. In fact, if someone wanted to know about you, it would take a long time for them to actually get the answer. Much different than today. I remember when texting came in, I thought, oh boy, this is going to be trouble, <laughs> you know. And really it is, if you start looking at texting, when you send someone a text, now you've got to respond to me now. You know, when I started using texting, I said, you know, I can't let that happen to my thinking. What I'm going to look at it is, I'm going to use it as a thing that I can send it out and not worry about it, and they can answer at their own discretion. But that's not what most people do with texting. When they get a text, what they do is, that's why you can do the read thing, Right? Put the read receipt on. Oh, did they read it? What's wrong with them? Why didn't they read it? Folks, we live in such a crazy day. Where people on the other side of the planet, you can actually get mad at them for not responding within 30 seconds of you sending them a message. It's crazy. No wonder our world is so whack. <laughs> Amen. Comfort. Comfort means good courage. It means to be... Uh, well in your mind it means to be in good spirits so basically the apostle paul who is now in the prison of rome 
is sitting there concerned about this church that he planted. Remember when he was thrown into prison and the Philippian jailer was going to kill himself and he said, do thyself no harm for we're still here. And he says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? He says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And there was one of your first members of the church at Philippi. He planted that thing. But now he's in Rome, he's in prison. This church has grown and this church has gone through things and they've gone through battles and they've gone through different things. And he's sitting there saying, I want to know what's going on in Philippi because this is my baby. Amen. How do I know I'm in prison? (laughs) And that's why he's saying, I can't go, I can't go. I'll send someone to you. And that's where Timothy came into the picture. And he said, I know I'm going to have good comfort when Timothy begins to tell me about the state that you're in. Do you understand it's important that we are comforting as servants of God? You know, the Bible tells us that in Proverbs 25 verse 19, it says, confidence in an unfaithful man in a time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. So here you got this man in prison concerned about this baby of his, this new church plant, that he's concerned what's going on over there, and he's going to send someone. Now, is this person faithful? Is he going to get the right information? Is he going to care about these people when he gets there? You know what? He is so concerned. He says, you know what? I'm going to send you Timothy. He's the only one that I have found to be like-minded and naturally care for your state. See, a servant of God has got to be a faithful person. And a servant of God is a comforting person. That means you're the kind of person that sets people's minds at ease. You're the kind of person that uh, allows people to have a good spirit, not a bad spirit. Amen? Paul knew that when Timothy would bring him report of the church at Philippi, that he would finally be comforted. (laughs) Is that the kind of servant we would be? I think we need to understand that if we're going to be a caring servant, we've got to be a comforting servant. And if we're a comforting servant, we've got to be a faithful servant. And if we're not a faithful servant, we are like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. It's like sometimes when you tell your children, you say, can you go do this for me? And I I give my kids a hard time all the time. That's why I just say children. It's a group. Could you do this for me? And then later on, I go and look, it wasn't done. And I was counting on it to get done. You know what that is? That's a broken tooth. That, that makes me feel like I'm limping around now. I, I, I can't do everything I want to do because I put my trust in someone that wasn't faithful to do what I've asked them to do. Now, I'm not saying my boys did that. I'm just saying they could. <laughs> Amen. Do you understand being faithful is so vital? They are comforting because they sincerely desire to know about people. This is an important point. This means if we can go a long time without desiring to know how people are doing, we lack the care to know. We, in essence, do not care. We do not care. If we can go a long time without knowing the state of how someone is, then we can mark it down that we don't care. See, the one thing with the Apostle Paul, he was already anxious in his spirit 
because he did not know what was going on in Philippi. And not only that, he knew that if he'd send Timothy, who was a caring servant, that Timothy would go there and he would know what to ask them and to find out exactly what they needed to know about these people and where they were at. Do you understand? See, to be a true caring servant, we have to desire to know about people. There ought never be a time where we're in the church and there's someone here that you can see is hurting and you can just walk away. Say, oh, well, I guess they're having a bad day. A caring servant will in some way try to find out how they can be a help to that person. Do you understand? See, and this is where the church needs to be today. This is what the body of Christ is supposed to do. We're supposed to care for one another. In fact, in the book of Galatians, it tells us that we're supposed to bear one another's burdens. But let me ask you this. Do you know of any burdens in this church that you could help bear? Well, let me think. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll give you a hint. <laughs> There's not a person in this room that is not carrying a burden. But how many of them do you know about? You see, this is the problem today within our church. And I'm not get, going against you. I'm just talking about the fact that we as Christians can so many times get so self-involved. And it's all about us. What are you doing for me? I have people walk in the door, first thing, what kind of programs do you have? What kind of this? What can you, what can you do for me? And I'll, I'll gladly tell you. But you know what the best thing I can do for a person that comes in talking like that? Is help them to start caring about people. Because all you really need, my friend, (laughs) you don't need the programs. You need the Word of God. This is the one thing I praise God for throughout COVID and the one thing I give Him glory for that He taught the churches to be stripped of all the phylacteries, all the different things on the outskirts and start getting back to the Word of God and the pulpit of wood and people to come just to listen to the Word of God once again. Not what programs. But I'll tell you, you give it a few more months, we're all going to be back to the program-oriented church. <laughs> what about the programs? What about the programs? Folks, we got programs, but those programs ought to be for the need of the people. Not because another church does it. Well, our church did that. Well, that's probably because they had a need. And if they didn't have the need, then they shouldn't have done it. <laughs> Amen. Amen. We're, we're looking at developing now for our youth. And we're bringing people on, but we're looking at that because there's a need for our youth. We want to help our young people. We want to help them grow. We want to help them focus on the things they need to focus on. And we need help for that. And so we're going to develop that because there's a need for that. Amen. But I don't have a youth group because of another church having a youth group. And when there's a need, and our church will be very specific. It's going to be very uh, different and unique compared to other churches. And, And I've got to have the sensitivity and wisdom to know what truly the needs of this church really is. And you know how I can know that? By knowing you. And I think we've been brought up 
in church situations where there is not a lot of care in knowing about what we're going through. And so we get into this robotic system of programs because this is what every church is ought to have. Folks, that's not how you run a church. You run a church by caring about people and about the needs that they have, and then you meet those needs where they are, and if that means creating a ministry or a program, well, then go and do it. Amen? I want to have a bus ministry, but I need people to pick up first. Amen? We want to do that. We want to bring people. We know there's a need out there, but we need to inquire as to where they are. Amen? A caring servant will want to know. And also we must be careful that we have the right motive to know the state of God's people. Now this is another thing I had to hit because I knew this is really sometimes where knowing things goes. Amen? In 1 Timothy 5.13 And with all they learn to be idle wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but tattlers also and busybodies, speaking things which they ought not. Amen? So in other words, if we're going to be a caring servant that wants to know about how people are at, then we ought to do that for the right reasons. Because we care. And we ought to protect that. Amen? But we know from the scripture There are those out there that wander from house to house and they gather up all the information and then when they get all together in the group, they think that giving out this information makes them important. It doesn't. It makes you a talebearer. And the Bible says that a talebearer are like wounds that go down to the innermost part of the belly. A gossip. Amen. So a caring servant doesn't gossip. So we, we need to use what we know in the right way. That's the biggest thing. So we can help individuals with the burdens that they have. That's what a caring servant does. And we've got to care about people, which means that we've got to be among the people. Folks, I understand there was a time where I went to church and I would uh, come in. Now... <laughs> I would come in for a Sunday morning service and I'd always come in just before it started or even sometimes after it started. And then when I left, it was like before the last piano note is played, I'm out the door. Now, that may be where you're at and that may be what comforts you and being around people and so forth, but I can tell you this, you're not going to know people nor are you ever going to be a caring servant if that's what you're going to do. I remember I started to go to Wednesday night service and that was prayer meeting night. And I always felt uncomfortable with prayer meeting because they would always break off into groups and that means you'd probably have to pray. (laughs) So I'd go in for the preaching and then i started leaving before the prayer time because I wasn't comfortable. Well, all I know is this, is that that may be where you're at like I was, working through where I was spiritually. But can I tell you something? If that's what you're going to continue doing, you're not going to care enough about people to serve them. There had to come a time where I was willing to come in early, to leave late. 
I even told our missionary this. I said, I'd like to take you out for lunch. But I says, you got to remember, I'll be the last one leaving the room. That means you might, I might have to meet you at the restaurant. Folks, I have no intention of ditching people here, ever. And I don't care what the occasion is. You understand? I care to know about you, <laughs> you know? And I know I'm very, uh, I, I've got a lot of deficiencies in my life. I understand that. But I try. And I want to do better. Amen? Folks, we have to be willing. And I appreciate what God has done so much in this church already because even from the beginning, at the beginning it was like in and out. <laughs> I'm just wondering, what's going on here? You know, my church I used to go to uh, back in Manitoba, we'd sit there till midnight having coffee with, with the people of God. I'd go home many times at midnight, sometimes one in the morning on a Sunday night. And we would just sit around and have coffee and talk and whatever. I realize you got to draw a line somewhere. But folks, you need to understand that if we're going to care about people, we've got to be with the people. And if you're in this state right now where you're in and out and running back and forth, I understand that. I've been there. And I know why you do that, okay? But can I tell you something? If you want to become a caring servant of God, you've got to stop that. You've got to stop that. And if you're not a caring servant of God, then what are you? And if you're not wanting to be a caring servant of God, then what do you want to be? Because I believe that God wants us to care about one another. And I think he gave us this church, not so we can just come and come to a service and leave. I think he brought us here because this is a place where you can actually connect with people that are going to strengthen you and lift you up when the time comes when you're going to need it. And many times, people that are in and out, all of a sudden they need the help, but now they don't even know who to go to. They don't even know people well enough to draw upon their strength. Do <laughs> you understand? Well, I don't need anybody. <sighs> well, maybe right now you feel you don't, but I'll tell you this, there will come a day. There will come a day you'll need somebody. Amen? And that's what the church is for. The Bible says, if one member suffers, then, then we all suffer with them. It's kind of like a body that when my, I got a sore finger, my whole body pays the price. Amen? I always use my knee as an example. Everything I do is affected by my knee. You know, this hand could do a lot. It could do exactly what it used to do when I was maybe 30, 40, well, 45 years old. But you know, it's hindered because of this knee. So there's some things this hand could do, but I can't do it now because I need to distribute some of the weight to the knee. So no, I can't do as much. Do you understand? That's the same way it is for the church. If one of you are hurting, it affects us all. And that's the way it ought to be. And that's, the way, that's what you need. You need someone to strengthen you when you're hurt. Amen. And you'll know that if you find people hurting and you feel hurt with them and you want to help them and you want to send a meal to them, you know what you're being? You're being what God planned the local church to be. Amen. Caring servants are comforting. They're comforting. Uh, caring servants are complete. For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. See, complete is this. There's a lot of people with talent, there's a lot of people that have time. And there's a lot of people that have the right temperament 
to care about people. But this is the thing. You need somebody with talent or spiritual gifting. You need someone with uh, time and temperament. And that's why the Apostle Paul is saying, I have no man. I have a lot of people with time, but they're not right with God where they've got the gifting. I've got a lot of people with gifting, but they don't want to give the time. Because he's talking about sending Timothy from Rome all the way to Philippi, not by Concord jet. Amen? By donkey. <laughs> by, by walking. By boat. You know what that takes? Time. Folks, we need gifting. We need time. And we also need temperament. So you can say, well, I've got the right temperament to serve God, but do you give the time? Around the Apostle Paul were many people with the right temperament. There's many people with the right gifting. There's many people that had time, but there was only one that had the talent, the time, and the temperament at the same time. And that's what makes the caring servant. The Bible says that we are complete in Christ. Like-minded means to be activated by the same motives of like character, like-minded. The Apostle Paul knew that if he sent Timothy, that Timothy wouldn't give up. He knew that Timothy would find a way there. I remember when the Apostle Paul got called to Philippi initially, where they were actually out in Asia there, and he got that vision. And I think it was uh, probably Luke that he saw there. He says, uh, you'll come to us. You'll send us somebody. We have nobody. We need your help. And immediately Paul knew that he was being called to Philippi. And it's amazing when you look at that passage, it says that he immediately found a way to go. He just, let's go. <laughs> we're not, like I said, we're not talking jumping in the truck and driving down the highway. How do we get on board the ship? How do we get the money? How do we do these things? He, that was not the issue. He says, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. And you talk about challenges in the first century as compared to the 21st century. Folks, when they meant it, they meant it. And he knew he had Timothy. And Timothy, if he hit a roadblock, he knew. He says, how do we get around this thing? Oh, well, I guess the Lord didn't want us to go. <laughs> no. Nor is it that when the, when the wind blew softly in the right direction, that all of a sudden, oh, this is God's calling. Do you understand whether the way is hard or the way is easy does not determine whether it's the will of God for you? Remember the Apostle Paul? <laughs> when he was on that ship and they were going to take him to Rome and the captain said, hey, we're going to go. He says, oh, don't go. <laughs> I perceive much harm, he says. He says, what do you mean? The wind is blowing softly from the south. The wind is blowing in the right direction. Paul says, don't get fooled by the wind. A lot of people, they live their Christian lives like that. God, if you don't want me to do this, stop me. <laughs> God, if you want me to do this, just make it easy. The devil can make it easy for you. He can make it easy for you to go in the wrong direction. 
It's a worse failure of your life to succeed in something that isn't the will of God for your life. I'm a success. You're just a success in the wrong thing. Timothy is ready. He was able. He was ready to serve. Many servants are not ready. Here we're talking the context of preachers. We're talking missionaries. We're talking those that are going doing a specific work and being sent out to deal with specific things. And we do that here. We're sending some men out to Uranium City. You know what do I expect of that? For them to operate in that same character, like-minded, caring for these people. They should know. Amen? The Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 2, Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly. Not for filthy lucre, but of ready mind. Amen? That means what motivates a pastor to stand behind a pulpit ought not be the vacation time that he gets. Or his paycheck. It ought to be simply because I'm ready, I want to be used by God to help the people of God. I remember this one pastor that he took on a pastorate in a city I was first in, my first ministry, and he would not take that job <clears throat> unless they gave him three weeks vacation, paid vacation, <clears throat> unless they guaranteed that he would not have to clean the building and a whole bunch of other things, a whole bunch of lists of demands. He says, I will not take it unless, <laughs> it's like a contract, and I'm here I am in Kenora, and I went there, <clears throat> excuse me, not knowing where my next paycheck was going to come from. My whole thing was not trying to figure out how they were going to pay me. <clears throat> my whole thing was trying to find a way to stay there even though I wasn't getting paid. That was my mentality. <laughs> I remember one time my daughter, phew, she, uh, no, I don't want to be a blubbering baby up here. Um, one time my daughter, we, it was about three and a half hours from where I, where I grew up. And um, to drive home would cost us about $200. And we didn't have the money for that. And my daughter just really wanted to go see Grandma and Grandpa. And we just couldn't do it. And I just said, well, we just don't have the money for that. We probably had the time but we didn't have the money. And so I told her, I says, well, you can pray about it. And she did. It's amazing. I think it was within a couple of days, I don't know, maybe Madeline can clear that up. Someone came to my door with a check. So the Lord just laid it on our hearts to give this to you. $200. I knew as a dad right there. And I remember even going to her. I says, Madeline, God heard your prayer. I showed her the check. So what'd you do? Well, I put it in my pocket and bought myself something. No, you didn't. <laughs> no. I put it in the van, filled up the tank, and we went to see Grandma and Grandpa. You see... If you've got you to have that all figured out before you go and, and serve God, you'll never be a true servant of God. And you will never know who God really is. 
You'll never really learn what he can do for you when, when you're at the bottom, when you don't have anything, anywhere else to turn. I appreciate those days. Those are some of the most blessed days in ministry. Moving to a new place, $1,600 a month, with your new family, three children, wondering how the bills are going to get paid, $800 mortgage, $400 hydro bill, 400 bucks left a month for groceries, gas, and everything else we needed. And you know what? I, we, weren't, we weren't pitying ourselves. In fact, that never even crossed my mind. I thought we were doing pretty good. God was taking care of us all the time. Because whenever there was a need, God just provided it. <laughs> Amen. That is a wonderful way to live life. It's a wonderful way to live life because you always know that God is near. Oh, this whole thing about, oh, if I don't get this or that, and I know we've had meetings, man, we know that the church needs to support their pastor. We know all these things need to be in place. But I want to tell you something. If you would all say, pastor, we're not giving you one red cent. You know where I'd be next Sunday? Right here preaching. Because it sure isn't filthy lucre that's keeping me behind the pulpit. The Bible says we're supposed to serve him with a ready mind. A ready mind. There ought to be nothing that can take us away from the course at hand. Amen. What kind of servant are you? Are you a caring servant like Timothy? And I didn't get into my message really. I got one point done. But folks, I think we've learned enough. Do you know people beside you? And if you know them, what are you doing with that knowledge? Gossiping about it? Or are you holding it close, saying, Lord, oh, if you could use me to lift up this burden, I would give you honor and glory. See, Lord, I suffer with that person. I hurt because they're hurting. And I want to help them. And if I can't help them, Lord, please raise up somebody that can't help them. Oh, we got to have a heart like that in this church. we got to be like a Timothy who naturally, naturally cares. Naturally cares. The first thing he does when he looks at somebody, looks past himself, says, I wonder how they're doing. I wonder if they're doing okay. Amen? Not, what can you do for me? You haven't done nothing for me recently. <laughs> My goodness, that's how it is today. It's sad. <laughs> 